eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening as LSU beat up on Utah State 42-6 this past weekend in Tiger Stadium, setting up a top 10 matchup. This weekend in that valley, LSU Florida, Saturday night, college game day hitting LSU's campus. It's going to be a terrific weekend here in Baton Rouge. We'll talk about that and more on this edition of the podcast. I'm Billy Embody with me, Shay Dixon. Shay, uh, what a uh, closeout to non-conference play for the defense as LSU kind of was a little off in some areas offensively, but still managed to roll up 42 points this past weekend against Utah State. But let's get to the big news, the stuff off the field. LSU's hosting College Game Day this weekend. It's going to be a big-time weekend on campus uh, as as the Game Day crew will roll in. Yeah, they announced it would be at the quad. Obviously, it's the third time now it's at the quad, so not going to be on the parade grounds. Um, but I think 13th total time it's come to Baton Rouge. Uh, obviously, they've been on Game Day. I think it was 20-something, 30-something times, uh, whether home or away or neutral site, whatever it would be. But with that game at 7 college game day kicking off at 8 a.m. or whatever time it starts now. Uh, I think get to campus early because traffic's going to be crazy. Uh, it'll be by far uh, the biggest game of the year, even if all, you know, Auburn could be a top 10 team by the time they play them, uh, you know, at the end of the month. I still think this one with game day being there, uh, with it being a night game at 7 p.m., uh, it's going to be rowdy. So it seems people are excited. We can already feel it around town, uh, feel it on the message boards. Folks are pumped up about it. Um, go 24 seven. We'll be there. We'll have full coverage of it for you guys. Uh, and yeah, and what a sellout LSU announced it. Not that that's a shocker, right? But, uh, they did announce that, uh, all tickets are sold. Uh, they did warn, be careful about scalpers. Um, I think StubHub is LSU's official ticket provider. They had put that message out, uh, for us to share with, um, you know, kind of all the fans out there. So if you don't have tickets yet, you're looking to get them. Um, I know that LSU suggests StubHub. Uh, it's one place that they trust. But uh, be careful with that. Be careful on game day if you're kind of poking around trying to look for tickets. Uh, but regardless, we uh, they can inflate the numbers often, but I uh, bet that they will have a 100-and-something thousand people uh, in the stadium on Saturday night, Billy. And uh, we'll be there. It'll be a big one. Yeah, it's going to be a wild night for everybody <laughs> complaining about 11 a.m. starts like, like LSU has had. Uh, the two previous weeks, you know, with Vanderbilt and, and, and Utah State, this is uh, all the makings of one of those absolute classics uh, with, with ESPN getting the nationally televised game at 7 o'clock uh, for LSU to take on the Gators. And, and look, we'll, we'll preview a lot of that game throughout the week. 
We're going to have Barton Simmons on the podcast tomorrow on Tuesday, if, if you're listening to this on Monday. So look for that. He's going to kind of dive into the national perspective of, of this LSU-Florida matchup. But a, a couple of housekeeping items, I guess. You know, LSU-Mississippi State does play next week in Starkville. And on Monday, today, it was announced that they're going to do the six-day window and so they're going to hold off deciding when LSU and State will play in Starkville uh, next weekend. But it'll be either 11, 2.30 on CBS or, or, or 5 o'clock. So kind of uh, the whole gamut of options for them to pick from. That I think they want to see kind of how things play out this weekend, of course, between all of these teams or among all these teams and kind of go from there on, on deciding. And, and uh, there's a lot to get to from Ed Ogeron, and we'll do that in a little bit. But, I mean, Shay, uh, from from your perspective, taking in this LSU-Utah State game, I thought they did look like a team that I think is coming off a bye, kind of getting back into the swing of things. Um, and that early kick didn't play as well as it did for the offense uh, in Nashville a couple weeks back. Yeah, you know, it's wild is that now we can say that LSU looked rusty on offense on a day where they put up 600 yards, uh, cover a, a 20-something point spread, uh, and obviously they started clicking – kind of first quarter, super sluggish. Uh, After that, they started rolling. Um, And look, my takeaways are, at this point, we know what the offense is. They're going to score 40, 50, 60 points a game. Now, granted, we'll see what they do against Florida, Auburn, Bama, some teams that play good defense. But I do think that they're going to score some points this weekend on Florida. I mean, Utah State, they're not terrible. Uh, And they ran up and down the field on them, certainly from the second quarter on Really like the balance that they showed in that game, um, going over 200, rushing the football. Obviously, Burrow had another great day. Uh, defensively, wow. I mean, Utah State, Jordan Love will be an NFL quarterback. Now, does he have a ton of help around him? Not as much as LSU. No, you know, obviously. Uh, not as much as he had last year, but they didn't let them in the end zone. They picked him off three times. You got Grant Delpit going. Uh, his confidence will increase. Made a bunch of good tackles. Obviously, had a pick. Uh, that was really impressive. So uh, I really like the defense. Chase on being back out there is huge. We keep talking about Neil Farrell. It's, I mean, he's going to start this weekend uh, against Florida, but he's been awesome this year, especially with Glenn Logan and Richard Lawrence banged up. The fact that he has stepped up has been absolutely huge. Uh, Patrick Queen's playing out of his mind right now. Uh, I think everybody thought Jacob Phillips would carry the linebackers or Divinity. Uh, and really it's been Queen who's been – uh, maybe the most consistent, <clears throat> excuse me, we saw Cade York miss a long field goal try. Uh, I think that he's still going to be the guy that we saw at the beginning of the season who's, you know, kind of dialed in and ready to go. Uh, and I'll say this, and again, kudos to the defense, but we wondered who would step up with Terrace Marshall out. We maybe don't have a full answer to that yet, but kudos to two guys, Thaddeus Moss and Derek Dillon. Uh, Moss, obviously, at tight end, he got his first touchdown since being at LSU, uh, caught a handful of passes, looked good doing it. He can block for you. He can catch. Uh, and Joe Burrow is looking for him, so that's a good thing. And, and look, Derek Dillon saved him at Auburn a year ago with that catch and run, and that was kind of his one big splash play of the year. He scored another touchdown uh, in the bowl game. But he got on the board of the touchdown. He had a handful of catches. He was out there for most of the game until they put in you know, the backups after they had a comfortable lead. But – we were waiting on Ray McMath, waiting on Stephon Sullivan. Maybe those guys have big weekends against Florida, Billy. But 
for now, uh, I think we really deserve, you know, a kudos to Derek Dillon because we didn't say his name at all last week when we were talking about guys stepping up and he went out there and no, he, you know, he's normally a slot type guy. Now that's Justin Jefferson's role. Uh, he's been his backup, but he moved out into a starting role on the outside. They kind of shifted guys around and uh, I thought he looked good. So that gives you just one more weapon for an offense where uh, Joe Burrow has been able to find guys left and right. Yeah. And as we were listening to Ed Ogeron on Monday on, on the, on the you know, press conference, kind of looking back on that one, he said they, you know, and he, and he said it after the game uh, as well that, you know, they, they went a little bit more methodical. They, you know, maybe this was a game that they thought, okay, we can kind of take our foot off the gas a little bit offensively in terms of our game plan and showing looks and doing all those things. Derek Dillon stepped up and he's been hurt you know, a little bit this year. And I think that's been part of it um, as well as the other receivers playing as well as they have. But now I think we'll kind of, we'll get our answer in terms of who's going to be that third guy. I think for the most part against Florida, because I do think there was, you know, to an extent them not wanting to show too many different looks against you, you know, with Utah state um, coming into tiger stadium and, and them kind of holding back a little bit, maybe on, on some of the things they really want to do this next week against Florida. They managed obviously the clock a little bit better uh, for, for the defense's sake. And that allowed them to really shut down Jordan love. You know, another guy that I think we can give some kudos to is Grant Delpit, uh, you know, getting that interception. That's gotta be a big confidence boost for him going into this game because they are going to face Kyle Trask, one of the, um, I guess, more intriguing storylines as far as quarterbacks go this season since he's replaced Felipe Franks. He's playing really well um, for the most part, and obviously it just led them to that win over Auburn, and and, and you know, we'll, we'll preview a lot more of the Florida side of, Florida side of things later on this week. Um, but, but right now what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break from the Go 24-7 podcast. We're going to come back. Ed Ogeron updated a lot of injuries on Monday, and um, there, there's some concerns, you know, I, I think defensively still uh, in that respect. So we're going to take a look at that, as well as a couple of breakout uh, players for, for LSU in the Utah State game. So we'll be back with more of that right after this quick break on the Go 24-7 podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back to the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening. This is Billy Embody. Along with me is Shay Dixon. And I want to take a quick second to remind you guys to subscribe to the Go 24-7 podcast. Leave us a rating and leave us a review. We might shout you out on Twitter for listening and supporting the podcast. So do that and also take a look at a Go 24-7 subscription as well. Tons of VIP content on there this week. A huge matchup between LSU and the Florida Gators. And we've also got 
the big scoop on two official visitors, including a five-star on the football side of things. LSU basketball also taking advantage of the weekend with a couple of official visitors as well. So be on the lookout look out for those. Shea, Ed Ogeron shared that Sadiq Charles would be back in the lineup after he did not play due to a coach's decision. We saw Dare Rosenthal play against Utah State a good bit. Padara Traore is out uh, from what Ed Ogeron said. So some injuries mounting on the offensive line. But I, I will say they get Sadiq Charles back, another coach's decision uh, as far as why he sat out against Utah State. But Ed Ingram also returned. What do you kind of make of the offensive line at, at times uh, this past weekend? You know, <clears throat> excuse me. You know, I thought that um, I thought that they were solid. I don't think Utah State, you know, their defense, their front seven isn't going to uh, – is nothing compared to what you'll see with Florida and Auburn and teams like that. But um, they – I think where they are right now is the best that they've been this season. We've seen Austin Deculus play consistently well. We know Lloyd Cushenberry plays consistently well. Um, it's quite evident that, against some of the worst teams, Sadiq Charles sits out for a coach's decision – uh, so they've been able to get, you know, some backups, you know, working into the game. Uh, we've seen some Dare Rosenthal, uh, you know, looking into his future. Uh, you now know that he can play at the offensive tackle spot after moving over. Um, Damian Lewis, some people have knocked him for struggles at times. I think he can still be really solid for you at right guard when you need him. Um, and Adrian McGee, look, people called Adrian McGee to the mat, uh, and he had his Vanderbilt. He was throwing guys around. Uh, I think that he'll be, you know, Really locked in uh, now that Ed Ingram is back uh, and obviously battling for a starting spot. And we got to see some Ed Ingram. I mean, he can clearly pick up where he left off. Now, does he pick up exactly where he left off from two years ago? Maybe not, but uh, give him some time. It's big that he's even out there. Uh, and more than anything, uh, as Orzron said, if you start um, Ed Ingram at the left guard spot and you start Damian Lewis at right guard, you're putting Adrian McGee in, whether it's even for a series or two at one of the guard spots. If you need him at tackle, he can play right tackle. So having the versatility of really six guys now, and if you want to count Badara, Traor, seven, um, Chasen Hines obviously is a backup center, but uh, he started at the guard spot before. So I think, Billy, that they've got more depth on the O-line that's talented and proven, certainly than they have all this year and more than last year. So I like where at they're at there. My concern, um, and you know, you can kind of ran it down, obviously, but is the injuries on the defense? It didn't matter against Utah State. They're still trying to get some guys back. But uh, Ed Orgeron said today, uh, not only did he give an update on guys like Glenn Logan who won't play, but uh, I thought a big one that he revealed was that Cordell Flott, who a true freshman out of Sarah Land in Alabama, who has been a backup corner but been on the field, has been playing some, allowing Christian Fulton to slide inside and play nickel. Um, that gives him versatility, it looks like he won't play. Uh, and, Billy, I don't know quite what the answer is, but it seems like to me that your corners and nickel is really Kerry Vincent and Stingley and Fulton. And beyond that, what? I mean, you relied on Flot. Now you've got a bunch of other freshmen or who? Yeah, this feels like the end of last year, right, where they they went into that like game against UCF in the bowl game with what two two starting two two healthy corners. Uh, I, I think that was about it. Three maybe. The, the, it's it's a precarious position, and when you have a Florida uh, group of receivers that's as veteran as they are, it's going to be one of the biggest and most important storylines in, in this weekend's game. Because as as we talked about you know earlier today together with with Barton, and you guys will hear more of that tomorrow. That this I mean 
it, it's a it's a Florida Florida receiving core that can certainly create matchup problems. And 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 while we don't think Florida can really score enough to keep up with LSU's offense, they they could certainly take advantage of some of these injuries in the secondary and and different issues that we've seen at times. Yeah, and I think that one big thing and. No one's going to be shocked to hear it, but it's going to be tackling. I mean, that's how Florida beat Auburn. They kind of short-gamed them, you know, easy passes for Trask to make and let the receivers do the damage, and uh, and they did. And, and you can't – it's tough to run into Auburn's front seven. And, and you look at the stat line, P. Ryan ran for 100-and-something yards. Well, 88 came on one play. So if you're negating big plays by not missing tackles, by playing your assignments, I don't think Florida's going to run the ball on LSU. Florida's going to have to figure out a way to throw on LSU. I like Stingley. I like Fulton. I think Kerry Vincent's going to be determined after kind of a rough September um, to really answer the call in the month of October. Y'all had a pick in the Utah State game uh, that'll boost his confidence a little bit. But if Delpit and Stevens and those guys on the back end are playing well and tackling well, I think it's going to be tough for Trask to just throw it all day all over him. I think he's going to want to be doing these short passing game. So... Those two safeties, the linebackers if they're out there, uh, but certainly Stingley and Fulton uh, and whoever's playing in the nickel if it's Vincent, they're just going to need to tackle well uh, beyond just covering guys. is Even if you're keeping it in front of you and the guy makes a catch, tackle him. And like you said, I personally, it's early in the week, but I'll say it now, I don't think Florida can score with LSU. I don't think any differently of Florida right now than I did before they beat Auburn. I thought that both teams were, I think both teams were in that kind of next tier of teams, and I'm not convinced that Trask and this Florida offense, do I think that they'll score some points? Yeah, sure, they might score 21, 24, 30-something points. I think LSU's going to outscore them. So Florida's going to be pressed this weekend to test those corners, to throw the football. I don't think that they're going to be able to just control the clock and run it because if LSU's running up and down the field scoring, they can't just hand it off to P. Ryan all game. So they're going to have to throw it. You're relying on Trask, who is your backup, or if they're playing Emory Jones, I don't know what their plan there is, but I just can't see it. I think that Florida, Aranda's going to watch that film from the Auburn game and what they've done so far uh, and preach to his guys, look, if we can tackle in this game, we're going to beat this team. Yeah, and and you bring up a good point on the tackling. That was something Ed Ogeron said they really addressed in the bye week. They went to work on it. One thing that he said they're going to go to work on this week is Clyde Edwards-Elair and, and his his ball security. He's got two fumbles in the last two games. Not a great look for him after he's been so reliable. But you know what? John Emery, the number one running back in the country, and Ty Davis-Price, the number six running back in the country in the last recruiting cycle on 24-7 sports, really showed up to play on Saturday. That's a big boost for this offense going into this game. Yeah, huge. Uh, look, Orgeron called it thunder and lightning. It's like, uh, what was it, Chris Johnson and Lindell White? Who was the old Tennessee yeah. Titans kind of one-two punch? Uh, and you feel it, right? Like Ty Davis, I'm not even going to call him a short yardage back or goal line back because he can take it the distance. He's just a bigger kid than Emory is. Uh, obviously, Emory being um, the shifty, kind of really speedy type. But number one in six running backs in the country a year ago coming out of high school. And we've been waiting, right? And on the same week Leonard Fournette leaves the team, they rode them hard. I mean, they played both those guys early and often. We know they trust Clyde Edwards-Elair. Emory fumbled the ball. Edwards-Elair has fumbled the ball some this year. Um, ball security is going to be huge. I don't care that Emory fumbled it. It was a nice punch out by Utah State. Keep giving him the ball. Get these freshmen involved. Clyde has said it a million times. The more these guys get in-game reps, the better that they're going to be. So, 
Um, there's no kind of animosity in the running back room. Clyde knows how talented those guys are. I think we see all three of them play this weekend versus Florida. And look, shout out. Ed Orgeron said it too. Fourth quarter, they went tried to run the clock out, get out. They put Chris Curry in there, and he was running as hard as anybody. So he's trying to make his mark. I think all four running backs you've got on roster right now can get the job done for you. Obviously, Clyde's your number one guy, but having Clyde be the guy you can rely on to block and things like that allows you to then play those other guys and not have to worry about them doing everything. Let them do what they do well. I think we saw that against Utah State. Not going to be shocked at all if Emory or Davis end up breaking a big pass, you know, a big catch for a run or just a big run in a game like this because we've seen it. Both of them have been sort of on the edge of it uh, and, you know, shoestring tackle away type of thing from scoring. Uh, I think this could be a weekend where we see one of them have a really big game. Yeah, it's it's, not, it's nice for them to emerge like they have and, and Lennard obviously no longer on the team, which, you know, whenever he was in the game, it, it, he just wasn't able to do much. And, and you knew what was coming. It would be a swing pass to Lennard and he just doesn't have that. Some of those cuts that Emery was making, especially on, on some of the the plays that he had were, were pretty uh, – there's a reason why he's the number one running back in the country. and uh, So it's big for those guys to be able to step up for, for them. We'll see if they can do it on, on a big-time ma- uh, you know stage in a top-10 matchup against a Florida defense that had has had success against LSU over the last couple of years. And this year, they get to come back to Tiger Stadium after two straight years playing in the Swamp. And uh, LSU is certainly going to uh, try to change change things up on, on how things went last year in the Swamp. And – and continue this undefeated run. But we're going to preview a lot more of that game, talk a ton more throughout the week. We'll talk about recruiting battles later in the week. We'll talk about full game preview, all of those things. So stay tuned on the podcast for a lot more to drop this week. And uh, Shay, you got anything else to uh, tease for all those Tiger fans out there? Yeah, I mean, I'm excited. The board's already popping. Like I said, we can feel the energy out there. People are excited. Uh, I'll say one thing early uh, about this game. I can promise you there's two games uh, probably, and three, they lost Alabama, but two games that Burrow is pissed off about. And Bama would be one they didn't score. But Florida, he went down there, he threw some picks. One of them gets returned for a touchdown late. We're going to get to talk to him this week, so we'll bring some audio to you guys. We'll talk about what he said. But I know that he wants he wants this one, and he is playing at another level, than he, you know, another stratosphere than he was in the Florida game last year. So – um, if you're banking on on Joe Burrow, kind of how is he going to look after kind of struggling a year ago against Florida? I think he comes into this one absolutely dialed in. I expect, I think this could be one of his biggest games of the year. No doubt, it's a great point, Shay. And and like we said, we'll be we'll be uh, watching this one very closely throughout the week, previewing it. So keep it locked on go247.com for all things LSU Florida this week. Plenty of good stuff to come. Be sure to check out that official visitor list we just posted as well. With that, we're going to put a wrap on this podcast. Thanks for listening, everyone, and hope you guys have a great week as we await LSU Florida in Tiger Stadium, 7 o'clock on Saturday night. On May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? <laughs> Okie dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount+. Plus.